Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2023 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. Once again, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to GlamAwards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be allowed to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell that dancing diva at the bar, the cutie slinging the drinks, and the DJ spinning the tracks. And I repeat, tell everyone. Oh, and while you're at it, visit my Instagram and click the link tree to find out how you can support the pod by donating or buying merch. Now, what you're about to listen to is an episode that I've been holding on to for a while. Why is it only being released now? Well, Daddy was busy! A lot has happened since this interview was conducted, so be sure to follow this bitch to fill in the blanks. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. You're never fully dressed without Forgot's Locks. She's a little bit country. She's a little bit wig designer. It's hair mogul. Acacia Forgot. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you. I, I'm doing well. I'm so pissed off that you you ditched the East Coast. Um, I wish I could say the same. <laughs> I know. You have nice weather and you can tan all the time. It's and it's supposed to be almost it. 80 degrees this week. And... Yeah, I look at everyone who's wearing jackets in the East Coast, and I'm like, that's really sad. Well, I mean, when you get seasonal depression in L.A., you can't even call it seasonal depression, because there are, are, there, are there even seasons? Um, I mean, yeah, there's just hot and hotter. <laughs> exactly. Well, I am so excited to finally have you on the podcast and, and chat about all things Acacia. Now, we're going to start from the very beginning. Where are you from? I'm originally from the Bay Area, so I'm originally from California. What is life like in the Bay Area? It is, uh, growing up it was really cool, but it's definitely changed a lot with the tech industry and rich people and yeah, mm-hmm. now, it was cool. I've been to the Bay Area, I have family who lived out there for a while. Um, getting dressed for the day in the Bay Area is nearly impossible because yeah. it's cold and it's gloomy and doomy and you dress warm you put some layers on then by midday you're sweating your ass off and you don't know what to do with all the layers that you just brought with you but then by the end of the day you're freezing your ass off again mm-hmm. it also what depends where you go too because there's what so many you... micro. yeah go ahead oh i was just gonna say there's so many microclimates because of the mm-hmm. mountains so that I I grew up in San Jose, but then you'd go up to like, uh, like Fremont or you'd go over to Santa Cruz and in San Jose, because it's South and in the Valley, it'd be like hundred degrees. Mm -hmm. You go over to Santa Cruz and it'd be like 60 degrees. So let's say we're going to the Bay area. How do you dress for the day? What is your advice? Um, Definitely layers. Um, Start off with a base t-shirt. And then I like to do a little like thin pullover and then just keep a jacket in the back because you never know. Mark Twain once know. said that the coldest summer I ever spent was, or the coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. Ooh, I like that. Like that's true. What were you like as a child? Um, 
I was very gay, mm-hmm. um, which didn't work out in my favor because I was homeschooled. Um, grew up in a very like religious background, going to church, youth group, Boy Scouts, very like not the typical California upbringing you'd expect. But what were some of your hobbies being homeschooled? What, what, what kind of things did you get into? Um, I was big into Irish dance. Mm-hmm. I did competitive Irish dancing for like five or six years. Um, really into swimming. I did competitive swimming for like kind of like 12 years, 13 years, long time. Um, got it like obviously really into music. Um, played piano, guitar. That's where I started like songwriting and all that stuff. Um, yeah, lots of like arts and crafts. You've always had an, like a competitive edge to yourself. Yeah, I I like to get very competitive and I really like to win. And I get really upset when I don't win. But if I know I'm not going to win, then I don't care about the competition whatsoever. <laughs> Makes sense. Now, where did you go to school? And what did you study? Um, so then once I was done being homeschooled, I went to University of North Dakota. Um, went to school in the second coldest city in America um, for music therapy. And that was a wild time. Uh, that's where I started doing drag. Uh, we would do drag like at the literally at the at the VFW and the mm. American Legion, which is wild to think about now. What is what was the transition like from going from being homeschooled to going to a campus filled with youth? I mean, I loved it because I always dreamt of going to college and dreamt of like the school experience. Um, I did not dream of um, having to do the work of college. Sure. I just wanted like party and which I did. Well, <laughs> and I did like doing like. Were you a party I, like, animal? Oh yeah. I, my freshman year, freshman, it's probably into sophomore year. I definitely partied pretty much every day of the week. Nice. Yeah. Any so um, stories you're allowed to tell on the podcast that won't get you arrested? Um, I mean, probably like the craziest one. I mean, it's not even that crazy. I like, I was very tame. I mean, I would party, but I knew how to handle myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did throw up on my roommate's futon once. Nice. And I mean, then that... in my sleep. Yeah. Right. And passage. Right. A passage. I wiped it up and he never knew. Hey, and maybe he'll know now. We'll find out. Uh, pro- I mean, he, we're not really friends anymore. <laughs> then, then it's uh, a secret forever. I know. What brought you to New York and why New York of all the cities in America? So when I graduated uh, with a music therapy degree, I had to do an internship. And so I was between Santa Cruz and New York because I just had to get out of obviously North Dakota. Right. And so um, I knew that if I went to California, I would never leave. So I was mm-hmm. like, that I just, so that's why I chose New York. So I went to New York for a music therapy internship with Mount Sinai. So let, let's now go through this big transition. You go from homeschooled to a campus to the biggest city in the country. What was that like? I just, I've always loved to, to kind of like shake things up. Uh, I hate change. So it's really hard for me. But I know that like my body needs it. So that's why I wanted to go to like, North Dakota because I want something completely different than mm-hmm. what I grew up with. And then I wanted to go to New York because I'm like, I'm going to go from such a tiny town to the biggest city, most populated city. It's like, I just wanted to just do something dramatic. 
was it easy meeting people in New York? I think so. Um, my first night there, I went to, I lived right behind $3 bill. Mm-hmm. And so I went there in drag my first night and met um, Misty Meter and Mocha White. And they really like took me in and showed me around to everybody, took me to uh, Macri, Macri mm-hmm. Park. And they like just introduced me to everybody. And it just like that really helped propel me into like a social life. Did you find that um, the New York nightlife was accepting and inviting to yet a new drag artist to the scene in New York? Yeah, when I first like moved there, I definitely thought so. I was very much warned of everybody and everything. Mm-hmm. But so I was like went in very guarded. But then I found that they were like all extremely welcoming um, in the beginning. Yeah. Let's talk about the origin story of your drag name because it's quite brilliant <laughs> how did you come up with acacia forgot uh well thank you uh i always loved like pun names but mm-hmm. i wanted something that could be a lot more subtle yeah and so i just would like go through things i had a friend uh in college who's her name was uh, i had a friend in, i had a friend in college who um her name was acacia and i was like that's such a cool name so like random and i don't know i just thought it was so cool so I will try to find a way to work it into a name. And it worked very well. And it worked. Except when people can't figure out how to pronounce it. Oh, yeah. I get Acacia, Akasha, Acacia, Acacia. But then once you I realize get, what I it get is, Asa, it's hilarious. I, a guy, I literally, hit, like, after a whole, like, uh, gig of saying my name, I gave this guy my business card. And he looks at it and he was like, Asai. And I was like, no, Acacia. He's like, oh my God, I thought your name was Asai. And I've gotten that actually several times. I mean, it's not, I mean, well, to, to be fair, and it's spelled similarly, but. Um, I mean, yeah. Describe Acacia in three words. Three words country, blonde, um, dumb. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say bimbo, but dumb, yeah. dumb is basically the same thing. How long yeah. does it take to transform into Acacia nowadays? Um, probably I usually allow myself three hours and sometimes it's faster. Sometimes it's longer, but I do you have three. any traditions while you get ready? Um, do I have any traditions? I don't know. Get drunk, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that works. That works. You need to have like a certain kind of music on or like if you're going to be performing something, have that music related to your head. I usually like get to be quiet. I do call my mom mm-hmm. a lot when I get ready. That's sweet. I love that. Yeah. Does she give you like a little pep talk? Um, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I, I just that. I just need like something in the back, someone to talk your, to. Your your mom still follows me on Instagram, and there are moments that I'm like, I have to censor myself. I just I have to be sure I don't post something bad that she's gonna see and then judge me hardcore. Oh no, she she <laughs> loves it all. <laughs> They're like like the time that I really realized my parents were allies was when it was at um at iconic and mm-hmm. uh paris lahomey was sitting like or was just standing like in somewhere in the bar and wearing nothing but just a jock strap like a mesh jock strap or something and my dad was sitting there like ass like his eye level was at her ass <laughs> and he's just sitting there just like just smiling just like taking Love it all that. in like living for it i'm like you're an ally yeah. <laughs> now I have a very difficult question here. Um, there is a correct answer. There's also um, right answers. 
and there are also wrong answers and the answers that might get you in trouble. But what are some of your favorite makeup products you use? Well, my favorite makeup product that I use is uh, actually Osti Cosmetics. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, but no, for real, the makeup palette, the eyeshadow palette from Osti Cosmetics is pretty much the only thing, the only eyeshadow palette I use. It, uh, I use it for my eyes. Mm-hmm. I use it for blush. I use it for contour. I use it for like everything. It's the perfect, like it's really, really good. Now, when Osti was developing all this, how much input did you have? Or did you say, no, no, this is your project. I will just be there to be the beautiful model. Um, I created the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I like, he does pretty much all of it himself. Like we'd like, whenever we're working on projects, we always bounce ideas off of each other. And we do value each other's opinion a lot, but it was all like his idea um those are he created that palette because those are all the, his go-to colors so it's his hmm. go-to style and so yeah that was like all him so the acacia palette's coming up next your, your colors are coming maybe next. maybe i have to do like blush or something so when it comes to the first people that helped you on your drag journey who was there for you um well starting drag in north dakota it's like such a small scene that it there's not really much like help that you can find um, but there was this one drag king, BJ Armani, and he mm-hmm. had the only drag show in North Dakota. At the time it was a monthly show. And I went there just in drag, just to like, just meet them and meet the queens and stuff. And instantly they just took me in, put me in the next show and like completely taught me everything I knew, like from the beginning, from like running a show. Mm-hmm. And they like definitely really helped me out. Even like when I moved to New York, they gave me so many like contacts and people to talk to and they like Amazing. definitely really helped me out. When you first started, did you use the tutorials on like YouTube to help work on developing your face or were you someone who's like, I'm doing it on my own? I mean, I would watch like different like makeup videos like Tati and just like different YouTubers and stuff, but I never mm-hmm. really like looked up really drag tutorials. The only one I ever looked up was um, how to cover eyebrows because that was so difficult for me. Yeah, I mean, that that's difficult for many people. Um, are you a shaver nowadays? Oh, no. My eyebrows? No. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. I, I will never happens. be... Oh, you have good brows. Eyebrows. Thank you. And I love my brows and I will never be able to draw them on like the good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> I feel like I have watched you from afar when you first came to New York, but you have grown so much as a drag artist. What have you, what would you say has been your biggest growth? Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, I would say my biggest growth and something that I'm like the most proud of is like, is I started in North Dakota, not knowing anything, not knowing anyone. And I, like learned how to sew, learned how to do my makeup, learned how to style wigs, learned how to do pretty much everything all on my own, all from like trial and error. And then over time to then turn it in, like, especially wigs, turning wigs into a business Yeah. where I've been like, I feel very fortunate that I can now do it full time and to be completely self-taught. And I think that's probably one of my biggest accomplishments. I, I love like. that. Your drag style is, um, it's it's drag. It's beautiful, gorgeous drag. Um, what I always loved is every holiday season, you would get onto the Instagram and give us the 12 days of Christmas. And, and that was like, for me, what your signature was. 
what would you describe your drag style as? Um, I definitely think I'm in like a transition period. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would describe it as a more modern take on like vintage classics. Mm-hmm. I really try to bring my favorite eras are like the 60s through 80s. And I really try to bring notes of that, but in a modern way mm-hmm. and just try to bring in like a more like country campy flair to it. I love that. Now, who would you say are some of your inspirations when it comes to drag, whether they are drag artists or just celebrities or stylists or whoever? Um, well, for as far as drag artists, my biggest inspiration is Art Simone. Mm-hmm. She's always been such a, I feel like, chameleon of drag, like a true chameleon of drag. And I feel like she could really do anything and it just sticks and it's so good. Um, as far as non-drag, definitely Dolly Parton, of course. Naturally. Like, it's just amazing. Um, and I, I've really been getting into like 80s punk fashion and like mm. just like more of like the the edge of the 80s i mean based on what you're wearing like, today out of drag yeah i can tell um you, you're ready to be like david lee roth with that uh, mullet yeah. <laughs> sure. yeah that's what i'm going for when you put a look together what is your process for a gig or for a photo shoot or whatever it is um i don't really have like a like a set process i feel like it all just kind of like comes to me um I'll often just like look at like a plant and I like will get inspiration or something and then I'll just kind of all come to me at the same time of like a vision of the outfit the hair the theme like everything like that you make almost everything that is on your body I do are there any other collaborators that you've worked with that who have helped you um with some of your looks in the past um, I've gotten like a couple wigs from people, um, for like photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like not really, not that I can think of. You're, you're DIY. Someone's gonna, someone's gonna, um, come for me and be like, <laughs> I literally made this. <laughs> what are some of your drag dreams? Drag dreams? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I definitely want to get more into the music side of things. Um, I have been working with one of my friends on some music. So maybe that is in the future. And we'll talk about Um, that a little later on in this podcast. And yeah, I just want to be, I don't know. I know it's like cheesy, but I just want to be like an icon when it comes to like music. Mm -hmm. And I want to be respected for my music and art. Yeah. And I feel like oftentimes drag and drag queens aren't fully respected as like a art form in Absolutely. society and media and I feel like every, like everyone who does music or everyone who does performance is drag and I Absolutely. feel like and so I just want to like be part of the movement of normalizing that amazing now in a time before covid you competed in, dare I say, pretty iconic long-form drag <laughs> competition known as Iconic. Yes. What was that experience like for you? That experience was amazing, honestly. It was definitely very difficult, and it, like, pushed me more than I thought it would. And I've done other, like, long-form competitions since, and it felt like a cakewalk compared to Iconic mm-hmm. because of the thought and detail with, like, the themes and the 
like the mentors and the like everything that went into it it was it like pushed me so much i will always note that one of my favorite drag performances ever was your performance with your dad and your brother why was that such a special moment for you and i remember sitting with you at starbucks when you were like i'm not sure if i want to do this and i was like no that's the direction you need to do (laughs) why was this such an amazing moment not just for you but for the audience as well it was so important for me because that's kind of like my upbringing with music was my family's all very musical that's where i learned all like the instruments from and they always like the main music we'd always play together was like bluegrass music country music and that's like what's influenced my music and so it just felt like such a full circle moment for me to like grow up learning music from my family jamming with my family to then writing my own music doing my own art form and then performing with them was like so cool yeah it was really really a special moment it's something that lives rent free in my mind oh you kind of mentioned it but how does iconic differ from other competitions that you did prior and after it's just so much more involved like the other ones that I've done it felt like it was more like an open stage mm-hmm. that you go um the critiques were very just like like there's no substance to them they're like the critiques that I would get at the other ones were like not even about me or like, mm-hmm. like something that I could it was like about like the DJ and I'm like maybe you should get a new DJ. (laughs) Like they started the song late. That's not my problem. Um, But yeah, it was just like, it just felt so much easier and it didn't feel like a competition where like this, your competition iconic felt like it was, you're trying to help us grow and you're trying to push us and trying to help us with our outreach, which I really appreciated. What would you say is the biggest takeaway you took from iconic? Um, my bad. It's a good question. Always do more. I love <laughs> There's always room to do more. Now, obviously, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, you have left New York for the bright sunny skies of Los Angeles. Yeah. What prompted this switch? Um, many things. Um, one thing was uh, my boyfriend Austin just wanted to go. He was like tired of New York. He'd been there longer than I had. Uh, we were tired of the cold. Like I said, I went to school in the second coldest city in America and then went to New York, which is a lot better than there, but still really cold. And we just missed our family. We're both from the West Coast. And I felt like I was um, kind of being pushed away by some people in New York. So I just wanted to get out and get a fresh start and do something new. Will you find your way back to New York, at least for gigs or opportunities? Maybe one day I'll come and like perform and stuff, but definitely not moving back. <laughs> now, what was the hardest part about coming to LA and introducing yourself into the LA drag scene? Um, the hardest part would probably just be getting here. It was quite a trek to move all of our <laughs> Right. But um, no, everyone's been so welcoming here. We've had so many opportunities um, and just like, everyone's been so nice and so welcoming it's been amazing what would you say would be the biggest change or difference between new york and la nightlife there's definitely not as much drag here mm-hmm. when it comes to, like shows um and the shows that they're that they do have are a lot like bigger names and so it's, mm-hmm. I, 
it's just not as much going on when it comes to drag, but um, at the same time, I feel like there's a lot more opportunities with like, like film and television and music. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a lot more opportunities other than bar gigs. That's fair. I really like. Now, no matter where you are in the world, everyone's going to need a wig. You are the mastermind behind the wig company for God's Locks. Tell us about it. So for God's Locks is my company that I started. Um, I started styling wigs for other people just before the pandemic hit. And then when the pandemic hit, I was just like, okay, got to figure out how to make money. So I just started restyling my own hair, posting it. People were like, oh, I want to, like, I want that. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that for you. And then I was like, oh, people like actually want these. And so I just started doing it. And then like about like a year later, I started doing it like full time and was able to like completely support myself. And that's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So then now I just released um, my own shake and goes. So it's definitely growing and it's been amazing. Now, when you have someone come to you and say, okay, I want you to design a wig for me. What yes. is the collaboration process like? It's very different, like person to person. There's some people who are like, just send me like a couple reference photos and they're like, I just want something like this. And then they just expect me to like, just come up with the idea, which <clears throat> I love doing too. Um, some people will send me a photo of wig and be like, I want this replicated. Some people will be like, this is my outfit. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of going for, like I had one queen who was like, I'm going for like, like eighties news anchor. Can you do that? And so it's like, yeah, I could do something like that. And so then a lot of the creativity is on me, which is fun. Now, throughout the creation process, are you someone who is like, okay, here is the progress photos. Let's see how we're doing. Or are you like, okay, thank you. Here's the money and I will give it to you. And this is what you get. And it also depends on the person. Some people, they want a lot of photos. Some people like don't really care. Mm-hmm. I'll typically just send photos when it gets to like a closer completion point. And then it's kind of like, okay, what do you think of this? So we can like kind of tweak it. But generally it's like, I wait to send photos till it's pretty much like closer to then. Now for those who are going to eventually work with you, mm-hmm. give, uh, give those queens the tips for a great collaboration. Um, know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will be like, okay, I need a wig. It's okay, what do you want? Um, well, I'm not really sure. So you have to have like some kind of reference point. Right, of, right. Some kind of ball. Do you want a pony? Do you want a double stack? Do you want a side part? Do you want like, just kind of know generally. That's the biggest thing. Um, and then be prepared to commit. I've had so many queens that like commit and then back out or postpone wigs. Mm-hmm. And that can be very frustrating. So just be respectful. Of, and it goes for like any kind of collaboration for anybody, like costumes, Absolutely. anything. It's like, just commit and be ready for it, you know? Now, you got to showcase your work at DragCon LA. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like? It was so fun. It's been so long since I've ever been a part of like any kind of vending experience. I've never vended for anything that big before. Mm-hmm. And it was just like so much fun. I had my best friends there working with me. Um, and it was just like a party. I just loved it you were able to have a couple of Rue girls wear your wigs during the convention. I Any did. Any favorites? Any favorites? Um, I mean, Latrice Royale bought some hair for mm-hmm. me and wore it. And she actually, it was the main wig she wore on the most recent um, couple tours that she's been on. Oh, nice. Uh, which has been so cool to see. 
um, I met Mercedes Iman Diamond and she wore, she bought one of my wigs and wears it all the time. And she was abs- an absolute doll. Um, Widow Von Du mm-hmm. got some hair and wore it for the pink carpet. And again, an absolute doll. Love her. Is it hard to work with someone you might have idolized on screen? I don't think so. Cause I feel pretty confident in what I'm doing and what I'm selling. So, um, I feel like, and I feel like they're just like everybody else. Like they, they do the same art form as everybody else I work with. They have the same needs, the same wants. I love that. I never, I never really like, I've never really looked at anybody as like, I never get starstruck when I see like, even like big celebrities. Cause like, I never see them as like, like major like entities, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, it was a little difficult for me not to feel a little starstruck doing all of my interviews because like these are people that I watch on the daily and talk right. about on the podcast, right? Um, so I feel like I know them like pretty intimately in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there were a couple people during DragCon, and I was like, I'm actually getting to speak to you. You're someone who's like an actual living legend. This is kind of cool right now. Yeah, that is really cool. What were some of your favorite celebrity encounters at DragCon? Um, I met T.S. Madison. And mm-hmm. our new I, rotating hostess. I'm so excited for that. I've always said that she needs to be a permanent judge because, mm-hmm. and if ever, God forbid, Ruth steps down, I think T.S. Madison needs to be the host because she is, oh, I love listen, her so much. Listen, the way she was talking at the Bring Back My Girls panel, she's just like Ruth. She doesn't know anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and that's She'll what we right need. In. Yeah. Um, yeah, she she was quite lovely um, to watch and proud of her for, getting this gig but obviously i'm sure you got to briefly meet carson cressley as well oh yeah i actually met him um in uh at the uh what's it called miss uh, america miss america yes i uh, was there with amanda amanda pork and i met him there he was super cool did he remember you at uh DragCon? oh of course not <laughs> <No>. <laughs> also like rude doesn't know anybody <laughs> literally now <laughs> You have been glam nominated for your work for Forgot's Locks. What is it like to be honored by your peers? It felt really good. Um, I've now been nominated twice in my second year, and it feels really good to be nominated and recognized, honestly. Has that helped boost work, or um, have you now had to be like, oh, I can't work with you anymore? Um, I haven't, like, I mean, I, I have gotten to points where, wait, wait what'd you say about not working with somebody? Well, just not being too busy because you can't oh. work because you're getting I mean, I have work. like, I have had those moments like during busy seasons, like mm-hmm. summer and spring. Um, but I haven't, I mean, I don't really know if it really like boosts anything or, yeah, I can't, I don't really know, honestly. What's next for Forgot's Locks? Um, well, Dragon 2023, mm-hmm. we're gearing up for that. Um definitely expanding our shake and go line uh the legacy lace fronts um and yeah just trying to become the number one wig company in the country i'm here for it all right yeah. we're gonna play a game it's called finish okay. the sentence Uh-oh. very simple i'm gonna give you a sentence you just gotta finish it <laughs> my favorite color is yellow my favorite animal is my dog malibu my favorite breakfast food is uh french toast my dream vacation is hawaii the thing that my boyfriend does that annoys me the most is breathes (laughs) 
My favorite Queen Elizabeth on the crown is? Uh, the first one. If I had a superpower, it would be? Uh, X-ray vision. <laughs> the country star I would like to open for is? Um, Molly Tuttle. The greatest American Idol contestant of all time is? Haley Reinhardt. My real, real housewife's tagline would be? Oh, oh my God, I don't know. I had, oh my God, I never, I never thought about this before. You've never <gasps> thought about it? Are you a homosexual? No. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'll I'm give the... you mine. Don't okay, cross me or you'll be blocked. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should do, I'm the baddest bitch on the block. Acacia forgot. Love it. There it is. I can't wait for Real Housewives <laughs> of um, Gay County. Right? Of WeHo? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we love to go behind the music and learn about my guests' signature numbers and how they became their signature numbers. What would you consider your signature number in drag? Um, I would say, well, the one that I get requested that I've actually like gotten booked for is my Christmas tree number. Uh-huh. Where uh-huh. I... Um, I like dress up as a Christmas tree and then um, essentially get chopped down and murdered to be put into someone's house. So naturally, naturally. Yeah. Now when you create a mix, what is your process? Like what's the inspiration? Is it the song first, the theme, the spoken word? How do you create a mix? Um, It kind of comes in different ways. I use, I usually just try to keep my eyes and ears open for anything to inspire me, whether it's a song. Um, I like, I have like a disco ball mix where I, I love to be inanimate objects, I guess, but um, I would have a mix where I'm a disco ball and I just like had a prompt of, okay, I have to do a disco number. And I was like, what if I was a disco ball? And Jenna Marbles has a, a video where she turns herself into a disco ball and I'm like, gold mine. There it is. Yeah. Now drag roulettes are a staple at drag shows. Mm-hmm. What country music would you like to hear more of at a drag roulette? Hmm, I would like to hear more classic country, like Loretta Lynn, mm-hmm. Tammy Wynette, more of like the female staples. I'm so yeah. tired of fancy. I'm so tired of nine to five. Listen, there's a big song book Dolly Parton has. We can we can expand it. Yeah, I'm so tired of Shania. I mean, I love Shania Twain, but like, come on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's more than that. Now, music is universal. It brings people together and helps give a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack to your life. Welcome to Acacia's Ultimate Playlist. Ugh. So I'm going to give you a prompt, and you're going to give me a song that fits. Okay. Me, me a song that playlist. reminds you of your first time in drag. I'm Every Woman by Shaka Khan. A song that reminds you of pride. Um, pride. Probably Let's Have a Kiki by the Scissor Sisters. A song that reminds you of your best friend. Oh, my best friend. Mm. There's this uh, song. Oh, I don't know what it's called. There's this years and years song. Oh, I wish I remember what it was. But year, let's just say years and years. She knows what song I'm talking about. A song that reminds you of your favorite vacation. Melakaliki Maka. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. A song that you listen to in order to relax. Um, anything by Haley Reinhardt. A song that reminds you of your college days. Um, 
I don't care by the I don't care. Mm-hmm. I love it. A song that reminds you of your boyfriend. Oh, um, oh, there's the door. A song from your favorite concert. Um, seeing Haley Reinhardt do Creep live. Oh, I love that. And a song that made you who you are. Um, probably Devil Side by Foxes. I want to talk about this um, obsession with Haley Reinhardt um, because there was a period of time where everyone knew who Haley Reinhardt was because of American Idol. And then mm-hmm. she went away for a little bit and then postmodern jukebox made her a superstar again. Yes. <clears throat> talk about your love for Haley Reinhardt. This is your chance. Yeah. So I've like never liked American Idol. I've never gotten into it. And there was just one time, I don't know what it was, but that season that she was on, I got so into that season, like, mm-hmm like months after it was done like airing and I just fell in love with her was obsessed it was just in time for her first album I bought like the autograph little like postcard set and she like wrote like a little message signed it and I've just been obsessed with her ever since and I just think she's like the most talented singer amazing songwriter such a great performer now um who won that season of American Idol Scotty McCreary Mm-hmm. yeah um what happened to Haley Reinhardt why didn't she win because America just hates good talent yeah they just have a um, vendetta against anyone who doesn't like drop women's panties and sing country music <laughs> now I'm gonna say this move over tricks and Mattel. there's a new drag country superstar coming around here mm-hmm. tell us about your foray into the world of country um well uh, I gotta say, Trixie's about to be the princess of country because there's mm-hmm. the new queen is coming. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna. I don't know. That's. <laughs> I think it's such a hard question to answer. How did you uh, get? In, how did you decide this is what I want to do with my drag? So, I mean, I always wanted to just be like a country music person, like star. And I just, um, I don't know, I just, I, re- I think I realized probably, it was probably around the time that I did my song for Iconic that I realized, like, I mean, even Trixie Mattel even said it, like, I could do country music as, like, a boy, mm-hmm. or as out of drag, I should say. But there's so many people who look just like me out of drag. But when I'm in drag, there's just one of me. And it's almost like a marketing tool. So I just kind of see it as that. Trixie is going to be one of the performers at Stagecoach this year. Yes, she is. Why is that a big, important headline that people don't talk about? It's very important because she's going to be playing in a space where queer people are usually like pushed away from. Mm-hmm. It's almost like having a queer person's song on country radio. It's right. very like manipulated and very curated. And so having someone like her in a place like that will be really cool. Will you go? Um, probably not because they're really expensive. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Now you must have been a country fan your entire life. Who are your country divas? Uh, Loretta Lynn is probably one of my top ones. She's just so amazing. Obviously Dolly Parton. Um, Tammy Wynette is like totally up there. 
I recently got really into Molly Tuttle. Um, mm-hmm. She's become like the number one bluegrass artist in the country, even I think the world. And she's like won awards for her guitar picking and everything. And she is easily now like one of my new favorite divas. I love her. We have some um, younger country artists, female country artists who are embracing the queer community. People like yes. Casey Musgraves, Maren Morris, who's going to be a guest judge. I know. That's Why is it important for artists like that to really embrace the queer community? Because again, I feel like queer people are always ostracized from country music. Um, I've also gotten really into um, like just different people of color in country music. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously like, they all have the same story as like queer people of how they feel pushed away. And there's like so much great music. It's like, they always call it like alt country for like anything that's not right. like straight white people singing country music. Singing about beer and, and trucks. Exactly. But it's like, that's where like, I feel like is the true country. Cause I feel like country music is all about rebellion hmm. and it's all about, cause I feel like country people were always ostracized from society and yeah. so that's what is the fundamental like point of view of country music. So now this all country. <clears throat> <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God. Thanks. So I feel like this all country movement, the people are getting pushed away for being different, but it's like, that's what this is all founded on. Absolutely. So, I mean, listen, um, you got your, your straight white country men singing about beers and trucks. You're going to be singing about vodka crayons and convertibles. Exactly. <laughs> is there an EP in the future? Any what? An EP in the future. I hope so. We're trying. Original music covers both everything? Oh, definitely original music. I'm not a big covers person. Mm-hmm. I feel like my music, for me, I feel like me singing my music is just better than singing other people's. I love that. Yeah. We're going to play another game. Yeah, let's do it. I'd love if you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. And this is the Drag Race 2022 edition. So anyone oh, who on the show this year, from all the iterations, okay. um, let us start off with Pixie Polite or Dakota Schiffer. I would say Pixie Polite. It's actually Dakota, $45, really? Pixie is 39 Danny Beard or Jombers Blonde? I mean, I would assume Johnny Beard. Danny Beard is 100 and Jombers is 50 Okay, sorry, did I say Johnny Beard? You said Johnny Beard. <laughs> that, that's Danny's new uh, sibling. Yeah. <laughs> Sminty Drop or Copper Top? Sminty would be more. Yeah, Sminty is 50, Copper is 35 yes. Uh, Starlet or LaFille? Mm, probably starlet no it's actually LaFill. LaFill is 50 starlet is 34 i would pay more for starlet <laughs> pangina heels or jimbo oh jimbo i would think jimbo would be more she's a businesswoman jimbo. jimbo's at 80 pangina is 60 we have cheryl hole or blue hydrangea blue hydrangea that's correct. She's $45 yes. and Cheryl is only 42. So very, very similar price. Such random numbers. Right? Uh, Miss Fierce Delicious or Lady Boom Boom? Probably Fierce Delicious. Yeah. For 50 for Fierce, 45. She's also for boom into boom. herself. <laughs> Spanky Jackson or Queen Kong? Mm, probably Spanky. 
It's actually Queen Kong at $80. Spanky is $69. (laughs) Work. Aubrey Have or Beverly Kills? Mm, Beverly Kills. It's Beverly Kills at 50. Aubrey is at 28. Victoria Scone or Anita Wiglet? Anita Wiglet. It's Victoria at $72. Anita, 35. Montifa. Vanity Milan or Kendall Gender? Kendall. It's Vanity at 60. Kendall I am not good at this game. <laughs> Cornbread or Jasmine Kennedy? I'd probably say Cornbread. It is Cornbread, $100. Jasmine, 75. Lady Camden or Angeria Paris Van Michaels? Wait, say the first one again. Lady Camden. I'd say Lady Camden. It is. Lady Camden is 100. Angeria is 80. Carrie Colby or Alyssa Hunter? I hope Carrie Colby. It's Carrie Colby. $77. Alyssa <laughs> is 45. June Jambalaya or Orion Story? June. Yep, she is 50, Orion 25. And how much can you get a Carson Kressley cameo for? I would guess like $150. Right in half, $75. Not some of these drag race girls, Tarshi. <laughs> Carson Kressley. Right? Crazy, crazy. Aww. How important is social media in nightlife? I feel like it's very important. I feel like it's our tool for networking with like just talking to people our our um, tool for advertising it's our portfolio it's everything now when you advertise um and showcase your work for for god's locks how do you feel like you've set yourself apart from other wig designers that use social media to promote um i feel like i have a very sleek simple setup for my like backdrop and mm-hmm. everything um w- there are some designers that do like a lot more with like their types of backdrops and wig heads and stuff which i think could be cool but i think sometimes it takes away from the artistry of the hair right and i feel like i try to post a very diverse post and create a very diverse range of styles that i feel like sets me apart from uh designers who kind of just do the same thing over and over. I I think yellow was probably your smartest move because it's not a color anyone else has dared to use. And Mm -hmm. it sets you apart because your eye is going to see it as you are scrolling. You are going to stop on your post. Yeah, that's like, that was the goal. And yellow is my favorite color. So it's like, I really wanted just kind of like a, like an 80s, 90s hair salon kind of vibe with my logo and Yeah, between pink and yellow, add some black in, you got the season 15 promo. I know, right? Maybe I'm a sponsor. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> with, with you, if you're not allowed to say anything, you don't have to say anything, but will we see any of your hair um, on season 15? Um, there was some that was in the room. I don't know if it was worn. All right. But we'll yes. Keep an eye out. <laughs> Look for we'll it on the little wig heads. <laughs> we keep watching drag become a political target from attacks about morality when it comes to kids attending drag shows or even just drag story hours to literal attacks on bars that are supposed to be our safe spaces. Mm-hmm. What is scaring the conservatives and how can this be squashed? Um, well, I mean, I'm no politician, but I, I feel like, I don't know like what their fucking deal is because it's like, I think they, I, I think they're not really afraid of queer people and um, 
like drag queens in the queer community, I think what they're afraid of is not having power. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the queer community is the loudest like community against them. And or who mm-hmm. is like batting for the other team. And I feel like because we're the loudest ones, we scare them the most. And I think they just put us down to try to like put out the fire. Do you think had Drag Race not become as mainstream as it is, this wouldn't be a thing? Um, no, I mean, I feel like it would be a thing because I feel like it's always been a thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's magnetized now because there's so many more drag queens in general. But I I feel like it's gotten a lot bigger net, like recently just because they think that we're like the most vulnerable and we're the most loud and always like in the public. And I feel like we, they just see us as easy targets. Do you think it's important for drag artists to keep up to date with the global drag race? Um, I don't think so. Because I feel like there's so much drag race that I feel like one, it's like a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like your job <laughs> Literally. to keep up with it. And I feel like there's so much online just to like look at with drag and like inspiration that you can kind of like see where the trends are going without drag race. I feel like in the first like 10 seasons of the show, I feel like it was, I I feel like it was important to kind of just like keep up with it just to kind of know where things were going. Um, But yeah, I feel like now it's just so oversaturated that you don't need to watch it to know what's happening. Now, what about for those who aspire to be on the show? Is it important for them to at least know what's been on before they try to do it again? I would say so, because I mean, I feel like you could learn from like not wearing a black panty if it's going to be showing or mm-hmm. to learn to sew or to learn not to wear a two piece every episode. So I feel like there's I mean, it's like- interesting because like this year alone, like I obviously, if you asked me like for a specific moment in drag race, I'd be like, I can't tell you I, it all blends together. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that within one month, two Queens on two different franchises, both came out wearing a tent dress, a dress made out of a tent. It's never mm-hmm. been done before, yet we have it twice in one year. Yeah. This is why we have to keep up to date if you're going to be on the show, so you don't True. copy anybody else. True. I, I, I Listen, I watch Drag Race, so y'all don't have to. <laughs> we love that. Thank you for doing Bob Laura's work. Where do you see the state of drag in five years? Um, I hopefully see it being more mainstream. I mean, I know it's, like, very mainstream, but I want to see drag queens, like, winning Grammys and performing like the Grand Ole Opry and Mm -hmm. like actually doing the things that society views as like respect respectable achievements in like entertainment I love that all right we're gonna play everyone's favorite game it is time for tea time you are going to spill some tea on some of your favorite friends sisters collaborators people you work with people you took a photo with people you love people you hate I don't know we're gonna find out I'm scared. Okay. Let's start off with Marty Gold Cummings. Love Marty. Marty's been an amazing client of mine. Done many wigs for her for TV shows and like political events and things like that. She's been an absolute doll. Next we have Kiki Ball Change. She's also been amazing. Um, we She's bought several wigs for me. Been great help in building my brand and identity and everything. 
Next up, Paisley Fields. Oh my God. I love Paisley Fields. He's amazing. He's helped. He helped me so much in New York with um, just being a friend and helping me break into like country music and the country music scene and building a following for my music. He's an absolute doll. And he's introduced me to people in LA and has basically like helped kickstart my LA experience, which I endlessly. I'm waiting for a tour between the two of you. I would love that. (laughs) That would be so fun. Next up, Xenon TV. Oh, another doll. She's so amazing. Um, Things started out a bit rocky actually with us in the beginning because we competed together at Mm -hmm. Open Call. And um, she like did not like my performance and she made, she like let me know. But then like later she asked me to come like film something for her in Times Square. So I like did it. And then I didn't talk to her for like over a year, I think. And I saw her at DragCon. And I was like, hey, girl. And she's like talking to me for like 10 minutes. And then at the end, she's like, I'm so sorry. What was your name? And I was like, Acacia forgot. And she's like, oh, my God. Like, how could I forget? You forgot. And then, in case she forgot. And then I saw her the next day. And I was like, we like talked again. And I was like, hey, girl. And I was like, do you remember my name? She was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, what is it? I was like, she had no idea. And I was like this bitch I was like fuck her but then we got to like actually get to know each other and she's absolutely amazing love her next we have Nancy no good I don't know too much about Nancy uh we've worked to- I've done some wigs for her uh, been to some of her shows we um have performed together and she's been absolutely amazing from the times I've been with her next is hibiscus oh I mean hibiscus is a saint she's the most professional queen I've ever worked with, the nicest queen I've ever worked with. She's been my number one client. She, like for hair, she is absolutely like the whole package star quality. And is it true you met on my podcast, right? Yeah, we met. Yeah, when we did the, um, which podcast was that? I don't don't ask the podcast host which one it was. I think it was the preview <laughs> podcast for one of the shows. I don't remember, but I remember yeah, it was, having it was one, of the, both over. one of the drag race seasons, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. All right. Next up is the iconic Heidi Ho. Oh, she's um, great. She helped me so much in iconic and want nothing but the best for her. How about the iconic Jax? Jax has always been amazing. We became close during Iconic and um, she's just, she was witnessed my falling down the stairs. I fell down the stairs for her, um, (laughs) broke my foot for her. So um, she better remember that. Um, (laughs) But no, she's absolutely amazing. Love her. Next is Castrata. Castrata, are you just trying to give me all the people I like? (laughs) So then I say like the same thing. Oh my God, love her. Um, No, Castrata has been amazing. gotten to like work with her for like creating outfits and stuff for her she's so talented she's someone i feel like is going to be a big star how about essence essence also the same thing she's just amazing she's a doll um i've unfortunately haven't been able to hang out with her much like in the last like year or two that i lived in new york but every time i'd see her it was just like just like it was when we were in iconic and when we're hanging out all the time how about Elise Navy Dad? She's great. Again, like I haven't really like seen her much of her like in person or talked much to her, but she's great. Violet Tendency. 
Violet Tennessee's also good. I don't really, haven't really talked to her much. What about Islea? Islea's great. Um, and I wish nothing but the best for her. What about Sequoia? Sequoia is an absolute doll. Again, one of my number one clients, uh, one of my closest friends in drag. We stayed with her when we drove across the country to move to LA. Um, she's absolutely great. She's probably my favorite drag vocalist. She's mm-hmm. absolutely so talented, such a star. What about Veronica DeVille? Veronica DeVille, don't know too much about her. Just um, just met her at DragCon. Um, worked with her a few times for hair, but seems good like a photo girl. shoots too. Yeah, yeah. How about Kangaroo? Kangaroo is great. She's my my country sister, um, and yeah, I loved doing shows with her, and I miss doing shows with her. And she's seems like she's thriving, and I'm so happy for her. Next up is someone who's also on the West Coast right now, Harriola Grande. Oh my God, I love her. I haven't gotten up to see her yet, but I miss her so much. She is an absolute ray of sunshine. Give me the tea, Amanda Pork. She is the biggest bitch I have ever met in my life. <laughs> Want nothing but bad things for her. No, I'm kidding. She also is just so amazing. She's been a great supporter of me. I've been a great supporter of her. Um, always looking out for each other. Love her. Next up, Nasty Queen. Oh, she's great. She's actually our roommate. I don't know if people know that, but yeah, we she moved out here with us amazing and i want all the tea on austin oh my god i don't think we have enough time <laughs> that's a whole different podcast oh um, all right austin's gonna hear this so say one nice thing about austin make, make the ego explode austin is not as much a piece of work as some people think that's true <laughs> no he's of course amazing I could How long not have you been together? About four and a half years. Listen, I, I mean, at some point we're going to see the engagement photos, right? I mean, it's time. In gay years, you're like, you're practically like grandparents. Depends who's paying for it. You got you, ha- you have a child, basically. I know. She's almost a teenager. Insane. That is crazy. <laughs> what is your go-to karaoke song? Uh, Super Bass by Nicki Minaj. Oh, wow. Um, I need to see this. Yeah, Sober I would do it drunk? in either. I would do it in in North Dakota, and it's just a bar full of like straight country white people. And it was like I would get up there, and I would like do a whole performance of Super Bass, and everybody would come up to me afterwards, all, especially like the men. Surprisingly, would come <laughs> up to me, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, that was like sick. That was like really fucking cool." But now I do it as a um, acoustic country version in shows with my oh, guitar. I love that. I'm, yeah. I'm here for that. I, all right, good. let's get this tour going. I need to see this happen. <laughs> I know. What is your signature dance move? Um, Standing. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. That checks out. Yeah, or walking downstairs if there's stairs on the stage. Now, I don't know if this answer has changed since last time I saw you do a Snatch Game, but if you had to pick one character for Snatch Game, who would it be? Uh, Trisha Paytas. Um, can you please explain the baby name? Why? Why? She stole your baby, baby name. name. Oh, because um, she just wants to be me. She's jealous. 
literally she stole your child's name yeah and i i knew i knew that she like ever since she said she was pregnant i'm like watch it be malibu watch it be malibu and then the second she posted it amanda pork said it to me and she was like oh my god you literally are her (laughs) you've fallen down a rabbit hole on youtube what are you watching videos of lately i've been watching a lot of videos of um I got I recently like over the pandemic. I got really into saltwater aquarium videos and coral, learning about okay. coral and keeping coral. And so uh, Ostia actually bought me a fish tank for my birthday, oh, and sweet. so I set it up. So I've been working on my little saltwater tank. I got some corals in there. It's Amazing! So if you could eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um. One meal. Hmm. Probably. I know it's basic, but probably like some some form of chicken and rice. Okay. Okay. Like or chicken and potatoes. Like that, that or like food? like literally any any way mm-hmm. prepared it. Fried chicken and rice. Um. Any kind of like stir fried chicken, teriyaki chicken. If you and Austin had to be on a reality show together mm-hmm. what's the show going to be um i think we would be like if we were like a comp like an already existing show or like starting mm-hmm. our own show uh, existing show i think we'd be on big brother yeah who would win probably him i would be the one who would uh get so much anxiety and quit like week <laughs> one <laughs> that would be me how would you do on the amazing race together um we would be drama <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anytime I we do anything it. or travel together we're like imagine if we were being filmed and on like amazing right now that was the missed opportunity not filming that trip uh to la i think it's for the best <laughs> yeah so i have my previous guest ask my current guest a question and this is a question from miss Mamshi. you Ooh. are on an island and you get one package you can either get a mcrib or season one of Girls on DVD, but no DVD player. What are you taking? Um, definitely a McRib. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can eat Girls on DVD, but you never know. I, I think McRib's the right answer. Yeah. Mc, yeah and McRib will keep me entertained for a while because it'll give me like explosive diarrhea. That's so it'll true. Give me, that's like, true. Something to entertain me for a couple days. Yeah, that, that was a very mamshi question, wasn't it? <laughs> very mamshi. Now it's your turn to ask my next guest a question, and it can be about literally anything you want. Hmm. I would say if you could have an endless supply of any condiment come out of your belly button, what would it be and why? Ooh. Oh, cool. Interesting. Very interesting. Do you have an answer? Barbecue sauce. Mm. Yeah. Okay. We love to expand the community here on Block Talk. Who would you like to hear an interview with in the future? Hmm. I mean, I know it'd be cliche to say Osti, but I would say Osti or um, there's a lot of really interesting LA queens that mm-hmm. I would like to hear about, like La Cienega. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm like blinking. Every time I put on the spot, I just... Ghost, ghost town Welcome up in to here. An interview. <laughs> Beno, um, I think people like La Cienega. There's a lot of like interesting because I feel like out here people get caught up in 
so many interesting opportunities that mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect. I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah. Well, where can we find you on social media and Venmo? You can find me everywhere at Acacia Forgot. That's A-C-A-C-I-A Forgot on Venmo, Cash App, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything. That's me. Well, we can never forget, Acacia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. It's so nice to see you.